Welcome back to Paradigm, the virtual retreat for working moms. We are all trying to make sense of this new normal, and so I brought together 11 of my business besties to give you advice. These are moms supporting other moms. This is what this time is called for. I can feel it in my bones. I am your fearless host today, Flesh Shea Hesh, the creator of this paradigm experience. I hope that each of these calls is filling you with what you need to hear right now on any given day. And I know it can be a little frustrating watching that that timer on each page go down, but I do that to move us through the content. You and I both know that if you have roughly 15 or 16 interviews to get through, and with with all that's on your plate right now, all that you need to manage and pay attention to, it just won't get done. You and I have the best of intentions, and I really want to encourage you to get the information that you need from the interviews that you need. You may not need to hear from all of these experts. Pick and choose wisely the ones that you need to hear, the ones that that title resonates with with a, an answered prayer or something you've been thinking about or a friend mentioned recently. Follow up on those, if you will, leads. They might be leading you into the direction that you are meant to go in. Today, we are tackling the five biggest mistakes that moms make when launching their business, the crisis edition. Here we are, you know, so many of us are in living states with a shelter in place order, um, or your country might might have, you know, some version of that, or maybe it hasn't gotten around to it. And you're beginning to wonder, um, is anyone paying attention to what's going on? Because we've got a big problem. And so those of us who are at home, we suddenly find ourselves with a unique uh, worldview and experience. Some of us have more time than ever. Some of us have less time than ever. Some of us are not managing our emotions well. Some of us are not um, you know, managing our time well. We are not managing our children well. Some of us are struggling and some of us are struggling more than others. And so I just want to remind you, as always, come to this retreat as you are. And that's why I pre-recorded all of these, that you could listen to them when you have time and when you are ready. And so I really want to remind you to engage with this content as it makes sense for you. You're not supposed to push the river upstream right now. Now feels much more like the time to make sure we're securely in our boats and that we're holding our people close to us. That is the most important thing of this time. Now, if you hear this title of this of this uh, session, starting a business during the pandemic, flashé, have you, have you lost your mind? And some might say, yes, maybe I have. But here, maybe you've noticed in the other interviews, I asked everybody to talk about how and why they started their business. I had no idea that almost every woman was going to tell me a version of being in her own personal crisis when she launched her business, myself included. You've already heard my story of how I started my business when my son was 11 months old. And that my plan was not to start my own business. My, I had a job, but I was in my own personal crisis, quit that job and started my business, The Busy Mom. And I've been business coaching for moms exclusively since 2012. And I've been a professional business coach 
working with small businesses since 2006. And of course, I trained as a marriage and family therapist. I bring all of that, plus my own bad habit of being a serial entrepreneur, I bring all of that into this experience. I've worked with just thousands and thousands of moms and supporting them and getting their businesses up, up off the ground, up and running. And I specialize in helping people get their business online. So right now really feels like the time when my perspective could be helpful to you. So I'm offering that up to you today as a gift. Let's talk about what you're going to learn in this session. We're going to cover the five biggest mistakes and how to avoid them. So I know you have your journal. I know you have something warm and, and, and nourishing to, to drink and sip on while you're settling into this experience with me. We are going to talk about how to manage the fears and concerns that are holding you back and how to make 2020 the year that you finally go for your dreams. And maybe it's a dream that's actually newly emerging in you. Another thing to keep track of in your journal. We'll also talk about how to go deeper with this work. So people often ask me, so you're a business coach for moms? So what, like, are you a franchise or is it direct marketing? Or what are you, what are you doing with these moms? No, I am teaching you to take your smarts your professional experience, what you love to do, and package that up into your own business. You may end up calling yourself a consultant or a coach or, uh, or some version of that. Um, it could be something completely different. You could be, become a landscape art artist or architect, or I don't know what it looks like. If you're an attorney, most likely it looks like you hanging your own shingle. If you're a landscape architect, it looks like you doing that. If you're a nurse, you know, it's finding some creative way to, to share your smarts, the, the things that you have learned, the, the hard-won lessons. The other day I was a guest on a podcast and the guy asked me cold, I didn't know this was going to be the question, uh, to give him an example of what people have been doing. And I gave him the example. The first one I could think of is a woman who has been a treatment coordinator for a dentist for just, I don't know, maybe t almost 20 years. And she's out of work now because, of course, you know, dental offices are not open uh, except for maybe emergency cases. But they're not selling big, you know, multi multiple thousand dollar packages anymore. Everything is, is much more urgent and closer to the bone, if you will. And so she came to me. She'd been flirting with me, with working with me for a long time and been on my email list for a long time. And she recently reached out to me and we started packaging up her brand new in invented business, which is this. Turns out she is freakishly good at being a treatment coordinator. So much so she didn't even realize that most treatment coordinators truly struggle with the sales aspect, with the fast interactions that within less than an hour, you have to create a rapport, build trust, present the options and sell them a high-end package that they might make a down payment on that very day. Turns out she's freakishly good at doing this and didn't even know. And um, I mean, she knew that she was good at her job because other dentists have been trying to poach her for years because of how much money she brings in for that dentist. So the dentist she works for realizes he's got gold in this, in this woman, right? So she's a, a busy working mom and she wants to not go back to her job when everything opens up again. That's her little secret. And so what she's done is started a consulting business. And she's reaching out to all of the people that she's known for forever, from professional conferences and colleagues and some of those dental offices where they were trying to poach her for years. 
and she's doing consulting and she's going to teach other treatment coordinators this thing that she can she just does multiple times a day and doesn't even think twice about it even in the very beginning it didn't make her nervous and she's going to teach them how to do it so i'm teaching her how to package up her scripts and her strategies and how she reads people so she's reading people as they come in the door and trying to get a sense and who's the decision maker in this family and is that who came in my office today and She's very successful at what she does. She feels great about what she's selling and she sleeps very well at night. She's paid very well. And now we're setting it up so that when things open up again, she will be positioned and she already has a list of clients of people she'll be working with. And brilliant. She'll be teaching group sessions and one-on-one -on -one for those offices that can afford to, that can afford to pay that. So that's just a sample, one idea of one person packaging up their smarts into something that they can replicate and sell to others. That's just one idea. So I want you to start thinking about what have you done professionally that you might want to spin up into your own business. If you're on this, on this session with me at the retreat, this must be something that you're interested in. So I want you to pay attention. I want you to stay in your body. I want you to even maybe make a section in your notes to keep track of all of the negative thoughts that poke their head up for you during this session. Flaches, so, you know, she's talking about stuff. Oh, I don't understand what she's talking about. Oh, this is stupid. She's stupid. <laughs> Her ideas are stupid. That is some part of you talking to you about what's going on. If you were drawn to being on this session, there's a reason. So allow yourself to fully explore the reason you're here on this session and write down all the judgment, all those little beliefs and stories that you're projecting onto me or onto this topic or onto all of my clients who have made this work and ask yourself why you're doing that, okay? So we'll also talk about... Um, uh, you know, that the fact that really what I'm doing is, is uh, working with people online. So uh, that is the, the sort of a lot of the examples that I will be providing or ways that we can um, spin that up in, in an online format. You may still work with people in person, but really automating a lot of the back end. And this is not about franchising. It's not about direct marketing. I want to caution you about that at this time. I do a whole training about working with franchises and direct marketing. Those can be brilliant ways to get started in business, right? But that's a different kind of entrepreneur, the person who needs sort of like the training wheels, right? Because a franchise packs up, they, they go and do the business and then they learn all those lessons the hard way and they package up all their smarts, the lessons, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they teach it to you in a specific business model. Now, I got started in 2006 as a business coach inside of a franchise, and I thought it was very interesting The who was drawn to franchising. It's a different kind of entrepreneur than someone who has an idea and wants to go and build it themselves. Not One is not better than the other, but I found that a lot of the franchise owners, after several years, sort of outgrew the model and didn't want to be held as tightly as they were and they often felt like they were outgrowing it, which I thought was interesting. So it started to feel a little bit to me like it was a business model with training wheels. It also attracted a lot of people who had previously failed in business and didn't trust themselves anymore. And they wanted 
kind of a big mama or a big papa who was holding the business model and that was constantly giving coaching and support and encouragement and all of that. So, you know, I think that, you know, you, that might be the stage that you're at. But uh, I'll just quickly talk about this bit. Franchising and direct marketing are kind of tricky at this time, I think, because, you know, that business model is going to get their money up front, right? The direct marketing, which often really does target moms, um, and sometimes in a great way and sometimes most of the time in a very unfortunate way. Because, I mean, I know I've, I've quite a few ladies in my life who I avoid because I know they're always trying to sell me the best new face cream they just happen to have in their trunk or this snap together, you know, bowl and lid set and 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 essential oils, like all of these things. A there are a lot of relationships and friendships that have also been ruined by that kind of a business model. So I just want to make sure that whatever you're thinking about doing as a business model is something that will sustain you, sustain your relationships, and that you're going into it very clear eyed, right? I teach my clients a bunch of questions to ask a franchise and direct marketing teams who are trying to pitch you and sell to you, again, because they make their money up front. So you want to make sure that if you're going to put your neck next to your neck out there, it's going to be something that's really, truly going to sustain you and be sustaining. All right. So let's keep going here. So let's see. So I want to getting, oh, my notes are getting a little funny here. <laughs> so I've got some rules for listening to a training like this, right? Um, the first one is that you don't judge yourself. The second one is that you don't judge others. So you, hearing this training is going to make you start thinking about all of the entrepreneurs that you know. And I bet you know a lot more than you think. Think about the person who cuts your hair. He or she might be an entrepreneur. Your dentist might be an entrepreneur, maybe even your doctor. But just start thinking about the people that you know. And it might be people who, who are in direct sales or own a franchise Um Maybe you have a grandparent who ran a business or a parent. Like if you're like me, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think that you probably know more entrepreneurs than you already than you already um, might be thinking. So this is not an opportunity to start judging how they run their business and, and or what state their business is in now that so much of earth has kind of come to a to a grinding halt. And this is only information. You need to assess and judge for yourself, or I should say more discernment. I shouldn't use the word judge. You should discern for yourself what is the right and appropriate thing for you to do and what would be the right and appropriate time to do it. So right now, I'm just sharing information with you. If you decide you are going to launch a business, you've got a lot of work ahead of you, which is, I to me, like the most exciting part. I love the idea of starting a business, and that's partly why I do it with moms, because it's so enjoyable. And when you teach a woman how to improve her life, everyone around her wins. And I that, that's just one of the most incredible things to me. And maybe you've seen this for yourself. You know, when a friend learns about this great new immune boosting tea, she tells everybody she knows, right? Um, uh, when someone t knows that the, the great school that, that everyone struggles to get into is, is finally having open enrollment, she's going to tell all of her best friends that everyone can get in on that action. 
that's partly why I love working with women so much. So the one thing that I think we need to do in this moment is just get centered. I've already shared a fair amount of information with you, and I don't know where you're at or how you're doing. So let's just take a quick moment to get centered. I want you to take a slow, deep breath in and let it out, blow through your mouth and focus on your feet. You'll notice I talk about this a lot because it's important. You are not going to launch the right business for yourself that is sustainable and fun and really truly benefits your family in every possible way and gives you more flexibility and freedom if you're just listening with your logical brain. You need to allow the energy in your body to just sort of drain out down to your feet. This helps you to get grounded in your body. And when a woman can listen with her whole body, she can hear with parts of herself that she, maybe you've forgotten about since you were a little girl. It's something that the world just seems to beat out of us is listening more to our intuition, listening more with our heart, listening with our belly, really being receptive to new information and not fighting every single thing we hear. Okay. So we're a little bit grounded. We're ready. So The fifth biggest mistake that women make when starting a business is not doing a strengths and weakness assessment for themselves. So a couple of questions for you to think about. I walk my clients through an intensive strengths assessment so they're really clear about where they stand, but we can do so much right now in this little bit of time. So here we go. Write these down. What are you best at? Number two, what are your weaknesses? So what are you best at? What are your weaknesses? Number three, who does or will hold you accountable? Who can hold you accountable? And then lastly, and you've heard me ask this question before, are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? If, if you were to take family resources and time and effort and energy to start a business, are you tr a trustworthy enough woman to follow through? And do the people in your life know that? That's incredibly important. So I'll run through them again since we're doing an audio today and not a video. Number one, what are you best at? Two, what are your weaknesses? Three, who will hold you accountable? And four, are you trustworthy? You need to answer these very honestly for yourself. Otherwise, you can get yourself into hot water you know, I live in the United States and, and in, in the United States, I think oftentimes, and, and people I think around the world have this idea that it's like the American dream to launch your business and anyone can make it and anyone can be a millionaire or these days a billionaire. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But here's the ugly other side of that. If you don't know what you're doing and you get in too deep, it can turn into the American nightmare to run a business that fails. And let's be, let's be frank, most businesses fail because people make huge mistakes. They start out with one or two mistakes and it snowballs from there. But most businesses fail because people don't know what they're doing and they're not getting supported. Maybe they read one or two books and they just jump right in or maybe they're gifted at it at first, but the, the first pothole they hit, they, they, they start to fall apart. Running a business is very intimate. Actually, being a business coach with people is very intimate too 
because your business will be a reflection of you. Your neuroses, your issues, the th places where you're stingy, the places where you're not gracious, the places where you're flat out unkind or mean-spirited, it is going to highlight and reflect back for everyone to see what's going on inside of you. So to me, running a business is actually a spiritual practice, like straight up. It is a spiritual practice. It will call on parts of you that you don't even know you have right now. But guess what? Becoming a mom was just like that too. So I, for me, being a mom is some of the secret sauce to being truly successful in business, actually. So number four, the fourth biggest mistake that women make when starting their business, not creating a business plan. So I'll just give you a couple of ideas of what needs to be in that business plan. I teach my clients to do a one-page business plan. When I started my business, I worked with this, this, this business mentor, older guy. He heard I was doing an online business and coaching for moms, and he just, he really didn't take me seriously. That dude gave me a 40-page business plan and, and, and gave me a really hard time until I completed it. Yes, tears were shed on my part. It was so frustrating. And, and when I look back, I really think I wasted time. I hurt my confidence. And, and honestly, he was trying to fit me into a mold that doesn't really exist anymore. And, and there are so many better ways of creating a business plan. But here are a few of the things that you need to put in that business plan. A competitive analysis. Where would your product or service fall? You know, who are your competitors? Competitors are good news. That means there are clients and customers who, who are ready and available to pay. Do not be frightened off by competitors in your market. That's actually good news. They've done a lot of the market research for you. Number two, on that plan, you need a minimum viability of your product or service, basically testing it out. Would people even want this or the way that you offer it up? Number three, sustainability. Can you sustain this business and can it sustain you? Number four, identifying financial needs, both the, the, the cost that you need to lay out for the, to start the business, but then also what, uh, what needs will you have going forward? It costs money to run a business. And when I see people who tell me the story that I'm so broke, I can't even buy new shoes. And I'm like, honey, you should not be starting a business. You have no business starting a business. Your business should never take food out of your child's mouth. You know, and so for me, this is very, very important. People will oftentimes go all in on a business idea, not test it out, not have any financial resources to sustain the business because it could it could take a couple of years to be truly profitable. It may also be really fast. You know, I was really lucky with my business. I became profitable almost immediately. It also felt a little bit like some dumb luck at the, at the time when I look back on it now, but there are different ways of running a business and, and running it in a lean way so you can become profitable faster. You need to think all that through. Number five, establish your life and business plan. You need to include things like childcare. Who's going to watch the kids while you're working? And how much time do you need to work? Is it stuff you can do at night when they're sleeping? Or do you need to be doing it during the, during the day? Is it live and in person? Is it recorded and online? Do you need to go or do you need to travel for it? You need to think about this. There's this phrase that I say to my clients all the time and on social media all the time. 
Set up your business around the life you want right now, not the other way around. So what most people do is they'll start their business and say, well, when I hit $20,000, you know, uh, profit, when it's a million dollars profit, then I'll, you know, then I'll, you know, get some help cleaning the house or whatever the thing is. People will say, when the business does this, then my life can be this. And I say, "Uh uh-uh, eh, you've already failed before you've even started. You're a mom. Get your priorities straight and your values straight. And then you launch the business from that place. Now you're like as strong as a tripod, right? You've got, you're stable and you're building your business on something you truly believe in, okay? So you need to work out that vision right now. So you do things like talk about your ideal life. What would that look like? What time would I wake up? What kind of house would I live in? <laughs> where where would the kids be? Who's taking care of them? Things like that. And that starts to be really fun when you get when you really give yourself permission to look at that. Establish your successful outcomes. You will not know if you've reached your goals if you don't write them out now about what success looks like. All right? That's an essential part of your business plan. The third biggest mistake that moms make when launching their business is not playing the tape through. What does that mean? So ask yourself, do I even know how to start and run a successful business? And success for women, success for moms is very unique. I find you could ask 10 dads, 10 dudes, but what success looks like, and they're going to talk about status and prestige and money and, you know, and, and all the trappings of that. And that's fun. Come on, let's let's be real. That kind of stuff is fun. But a time like this, uh, you know, a world pandemic, I feel like values and our beliefs and us really being clear about what matters the most to us is so apparent. It's almost frightening how apparent it is. And so if you're going to launch a business during this time, which I think is a totally wonderful idea. <laughs> I'll be frank because I think it's a really powerful time to launch a business because so many people are, are going to be too afraid to do it. They're going to hunker down and wait, wait everything out. Um, where I think that a time of crisis is a really great time to plant your uh, freak flag in the ground, if you will, and show everybody what and who, who, who you are and what you're made of. I think this is the time for that, especially for women. So do you know how to run a successful business? And two, is my business mom-friendly? Mom-friendly simply meaning that your role as a mom will be elevated, highlighted, priority number one. Kid throws up at school, you can do what you need to do to go get that kid and take care of that kid. I'm talking about freedom, flexibility, options, it needs to be worth it to you. It needs to be something that you're proud of and something that will not get in the way of your number one job, which is being a mom. We only have one shot at this with these kiddos, right? And you and I both know how fast they're growing up. You don't want to look back and have regrets. One of my personal mottos in my life is no regrets. I do not want to look back on this time of running a business and raising two little boys and regret it. Oh, if only I hadn't worked so hard. Oh, you know, I don't want that. So I set up my business to support the life that I want. And I, I know it's easier said than done. And I've lived through it. 
and I've had to pivot a lot over the last seven. Oh my gosh, I've been in business with this business for seven years. Amazing. <laughs> I don't think I've said that out loud until just now. But over these last seven years, I've had to pivot. I've had to change. Going from one kid to two kids was a much bigger adjustment for me mentally than, than I expected. You know, at, at each stage of my kids' development and having them home full time and then, you know, getting help and having them be in school and all of these different things changed my ability to work and my relationship to the work. And then, of course, you also want to ask yourself as you play the tape through, where do I want to be in one, three, five years? That's also a great thing to put into your business plan. Where do I want to be? Do I still want to be hustling when I'm in a year from now? Do I want to be stressed out about money five years from now? Do I want to have a business that turns out wasn't sustainable? I couldn't keep it going five years from now? Think this through. The second biggest mistake that moms make when they launch their business is creating a job for themselves versus a business. So you guys know me that I'm a, you know, a corporate refugee. And, you know, when I started my own business and, and being a business coach, too, even as an employee is kind of an interesting place to be. Um, but it wasn't until I quit my job and, and I had had some time to really think about what was my philosophy, my personal philosophy of teaching people about business and not doing that inside of a, a structure where I work for someone else, but my own beliefs and what I wanted to teach and, and spread throughout the land. And that is that the relationship of being an employee can be quite parental. It depends on the kind of manager you have. It depends on the company you work for. But like, I show up, you pay me. I do what you say and you pay me. There's a simplicity to that kind of relationship. And some people really need that stability. So if you need that stability, running your own business is going to keep you up at night and, and you know, affect your health. That's not going to be good for you. So be very careful about that, right? Well, starting a business has to be something that you internally feel called to do. So, and, and not let anyone talk you into it, certainly not least of all me. So, but having a job means that you're working for a living. I work, you pay me. That's, that's uh, the, the dynamic. There's also the dynamic of the employer trying to squeeze everything they can out of you for the least amount of money. And for employees to try to squeeze as much as they can out of the employer for the most money. Nobody talks about that dynamic, but it's a troubling one. And it's a, it's a pervasive one. And I don't know if that's your experience at all, but I find that quite often that some of that story is alive and well in people. And running a business is about creating an opportunity for one's self to have flexibility and freedom in, in their work. So creating work for oneself versus a job. So this is something I really want you to think very carefully about this. So ask yourself the following questions. How much do I want to work? How much do I want to work? Is it two hours a day? Is it 12 hours a day? I don't know what's in your heart, but you do once you start to spend some time with these questions. I know that your journal is filling up. And that is the intention that 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 um, that beautiful thing is is really going to be 
filled to the brim with gold for you after this retreat. And I wonder what rabbit hole you're going to fall down after because it's time for you to learn more about that, right? That's really the idea of this retreat to expose you to a lot of this so that you could pick and choose what's right for you. So how much do you want to work? How available do you want to be for your kids? Do you want to make enough money that you could hire a nanny or, um, or you know, a babysitter to come in, like a high school kid to come in for a couple hours every day and help with homework and do dinner prep so that you can be working? Or do you want to do it all with your kids? But I think it's a really important question and it's a hard one sometimes for some moms to ask themselves because they think that the answer is supposed to be, I want to spend all my time with my kids. But that may not be the case for you. I know that I personally run my business, have my own business in part so that I can have that flexibility and freedom. The truth is the happiest women that I know are the ones who have flexibility in their lives, freedom and flexibility. That might come through a great job. I know a lot of women who have, who are employed but they're able to just leave at 312 every day and go get their kids. Or they're able to leave when they're, they get the school calls and says their kid threw up again today and can you come get them? They have that flexibility and that freedom where they can work from home a couple of days from uh, a week or they work from home every single day of the week. And that's how they live. It's flexibility and freedom that makes, in my experience, makes people uh, quote unquote happy, you know, to, to feel like they're, they're, they have agency in their lives. But you have to ask yourself, how much do you want to you know, be with your kids? And whatever the answer is, that's perfect for you and your family. Now you go make that work, right? I want you to envision your ideal day. And lastly, I want you to dream big. You might as well. You're putting the time and energy. And right now, this is all just a thought exercise. Now, I know a lot of you have already written to me and told me about some business ideas that you guys have that you want to spin up. And I'm like, whoa, I heard the call. And it was just so cool that I had for me that I put this together and to see so many of you magnetized to this retreat experience. And you do want to launch businesses. I'm already seeing your ideas and I'm already getting a feeling for what you want to do. So this is all, even if people have your idea, this is still a thought exercise and one you need to think through very carefully. But dream big. You might as well, right? What have you got to lose? These are all just ideas and thoughts right now. And the number one biggest mistake that moms make when about you know starting a business is simply not doing it, not going for it. That's a biggie. Uh, so it's really hard. So you need to ask yourself if that's you or you've been flirting with this idea of running a business for some time now and you haven't followed through. Well, my first question for you would be, well, girl, are you even trustworthy? Is this even something that you should be doing? Or are the people in your life all going to be rolling their eyes? Oh, she's got another idea again for another business that she won't follow through on. That is depleting you, but guess what? It's also depleting them. There's a funny story I tell in my um, business uh, launch bootcamp course about me and my husband about this very thing. So you need to check yourself, right? Are you all talk and no action? Are you simply a dreamer who's always just going to talk about this stuff and wear yourself out, make yourself look even more untrustworthy, but also wear out your, your loved ones? Are you just too afraid to try? 
I'm reminded of that wonderful interview with Jessica Neighbor about healing your art scar. And to me, running a business is part art and part science. It's also a spiritual practice, as I also mentioned. But did someone tell you that you couldn't do it, that you're not smart enough, you're not good with numbers, you're not organized enough, your time management sucks? Is there an art scar for you around this idea of doing something big on your own? Okay. Are you a perfectionist? That will also get in the way of progress. Are you telling yourself you're too old, too broke, or just too afraid to just do anything? You need to really check yourself and ask these questions. Another biggie that I see women struggle with is trying before and failing and deciding that they can't do it again. So failure can really get in the way of progress. But when you start to read books by entrepreneurs, when you read books by inventors, you start to see this interesting trend in them, that they see failure as the this beautiful yellow brick road, if you will, that led them to their big idea in the end. So you can start to see how mindset really has a lot to do with it. And if you're not from an entrepreneurial family, or you have a spouse who is not an entrepreneur or is very risk adverse, this is going to be more challenging for you because you're going to have more, more things to, uh, to overcome. So let's talk a little bit about managing those fears and concerns. You can start by simply talking about them. Talk about the fears and concerns. For my married ladies listening right now, don't make that person be your spouse. That is my number one marriage advice for you today. Do not have your spouse be the person you work this out with. It is a danger zone. Warning, warning. <laughs> because your spouse will always hold on to that on some level and be very afraid because their um, safety and security is tied up in, in you. So if you have um, concerns about this, the time to, there is a time and a place to talk with your spouse about all of this for sure. And, you know, I give my clients scripts about these kinds of things because you don't want to do any of that cold or screw it up, make it worse, right? You find a friend, you find a mentor, you find a coach, you find, you know, someone who you can, uh, you know, do a virtual coffee date with and, and pick their brain. But you, by whatever you do, don't let that person be your spouse because it's just too, it's too risky for them to hear all your fears and concerns, okay? But also to take care of those fears and concerns is to make a plan. Do your homework. If you just pull this all out of thin air, of course, you know, you're going to be afraid. You should be. You should be very afraid if you just make this up in thin air and just start going. You need a plan to produce this business and have it be successful. You need to work on uncovering your emotional blocks. This wonderful new habit that you've established here during this retreat of journaling every day is a really good way to make this happen. It's going to be very effective to do some self-healing work for yourself. And at some point, you might need additional help. You might need someone to really help you work more intensely on some of these emotional blocks. That might be a therapist or, or a coach. I don't know. It will depend on your situation. But you know. You know in your own heart when you need help. 
and get, you know when it's the right time then you get your spouse and your cheerleaders on board so I want you to ask yourself this right now or write it down and ask it later who are my cheerleaders who are the people who believe in me no matter what no matter what when I've just been down in the dumps and they were able to be there for me and support me and love me even though I was a mess who are those people for you? It may or may not be your spouse. It may or may not be your immediate family, parents and siblings. Be very careful who you trust this business idea baby with because this is a very fragile time. And I find that people, when they get some ideas, they get some confidence, they go to a workshop or they, they read a great book about starting a business, and they, start, they make this fatal flaw and they start telling everybody. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's kind of like when it was time to go for your driver's license and, and the, 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 the driving school probably told you, don't tell everybody you're doing this tomorrow at 2.30. That's because what if you don't get it? What if you don't do it or it doesn't work and then everyone everyone at your high school knows, oh, she failed her drive test. No, it, you really want to hold this close. It really, I really do call it a, a business baby. That like this new fledgling idea, you don't hand your newborn over to just anybody. You're very careful. You have them wash their hands. It's only people you know, like, know, and trust and love. So it's the same thing with this business idea. And then lastly, I really want you to get a mentor and get started anyways, even if you feel, you know, the afraid, you're going to feel afraid. That's a kind of a natural feeling inside of you. If you've done your homework and everybody's on board and everything is above board with your business and you're taking all the right steps and you're being careful and you're asking all the questions and, and you're, you know, feeling supported and encouraged. If, if you hit a bump in the road, you'll know who to go to. You know, and you still feel fear. Well, that's good. That's kind of that exciting fear, right? I love it's Neil Donald Walsh. He says that fear is feeling excited and ready. That fear breaks down to F E A R, feeling excited and ready. So again, there's this mindset piece about getting this business going. So I want you to make the most of this year by deciding that no matter what's going on around you, you're gonna you're gonna make the most of it. And that may or may not include launching a business. But for those of you who you're just like, wow, this is the talk I really needed to hear. Well, then you're in absolutely the right place. So just keep moving forward with that idea. You know, in your heart, and you know, in your belly, when you hear something that is right for you. And you also know in your heart and your belly when something is not right for you. So that is your own intuition talking to you. So that's what you want to follow and listen to, especially in this troubling time. None of us are going to find a guru outside of us right now. We need to listen to our own internal compass and see where that is leading us in our lives. It in part led you here onto this call. So I want you to ask yourself, is this still resonating? Does this still make sense for me? because only you can know that. But I want you to also get the support you need, practical support you need, the emotional support you need, and the financial support you need. And only you will know what that looks like. So finding a trusted advisor, you can talk all that out with. 
And then lastly, I want you to surround yourself with other badass moms who are reaching for the stars. You know, when you look around your life, and maybe you've heard this expression that um, your net worth is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so just think about that. Like, who do you spend most of your time with? And if you kind of add up on average what everybody, you know, like their quality of life and, and, and their, their net worth, essentially, you don't know exactly what someone's net worth is generally, but you can kind of guess at it, right? So who's in your life? Who's in your life and what, what um, heights are they reaching for? I find that most people are just too afraid to do anything great, to take a risk or to finally write that book inside of them or to launch a podcast or to start a business or so many things. Most people don't want to do it. They're just, they'll always talk about it and wish they had. They'll hear about someone else's success, which just makes them jealous. But instead of having it fuel them to say, oh, she did it, that means I could do it too. They shut down and go the opposite direction. Ask yourself, who could you count on in your life? Who is doing something that has them reaching for the stars in their own life? And if you don't have a lot of people like that in your life, you need to find a community of women who can provide that for you right? You, there's, there, you can go anywhere. You could join my group. You could join someone else's group. They exist. There are women who are saying, yes, I am a mom. Yes, I have produced humans and I love them and I provide for them. And I am my own person. And this business is a reflection of me. And I am proud of that with all of its warts and everything. I am proud of this reflection of me in my business. That's who you want to be spending your time with now, okay? So let's tie this all together with two questions. Why do you want to start your business? Why do you want to start your business? And number two, what's your next step? What is your next step? This is where you want some free time to journal everything that comes up, especially the negative things, especially the negativity that comes up. Because it might be telling you, this is not the time and not the direction for you, Missy. Go back to what you were doing. That might be what it's telling you. Or it's resistance simply rearing its head. And everybody has to deal with resistance. The thing about being a great entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur is that we feel the resistance and we move forward anyways. We learn how to dance with the resistance. We learn how to tease it and tease ourselves and each other when it rears up, okay? So journal about this. And so the next step for you is to click down below this audio and get your hands on the workbook. There is a workbook for you. You can get immediate access to it. Fill it out. Have some fun with this. And if it's like you're after this hearing this, you're like, yeah, not for me. Then go on to something else. Let this go, right? Just like you would tell your child, I really, I feel like if this is something, this is new information for you or something you've been thinking about pursuing, you've got to, this is, you're trying some new part of yourself on. So you have to be very gentle with yourself. And I find that one of the best analogies works is to treat yourself like you would treat your newborn child. You wouldn't push them to sit up or eat solid food because they, they can't do that yet. That's not appropriate for them just yet. 
you stay at the pace that they're at, at the stage and level of development that they're at. And you do for them what you need to do for them while they're learning to do for themselves as they're growing and developing. It's the same thing with this. This is a time to be gentle with yourself. And so um, I hope that that helps and I hope that that serves you. I hope that this was what you were looking for and was just what you needed. Reply to the email that this came in and let me know where you're at because, oh my goodness, I am so happy and proud of you <laughs> for sitting through this training. It's the longest one yet. I apologize for that. I promise all these short trainings, but there you have it. So take good care. I hope you enjoy the next retreat sessions and I will talk with you soon. Bye-bye.